You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football, presented by Sport Buff. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with Cliffy D. So it's been a couple of days, obviously, since the game itself. Uh, I'm You have unthawed, right? Yes, I have definitely unthawed. It, it took some time, not going to lie, because it was extremely chilly. And even though we knew it was coming, I, I felt we were, for the most part, prepared for it. Nevertheless, it was still... Bitterly cold. That that first cold is always the worst, I think. And yeah. then then you slowly get used to it. But it, I, I, that first impression Friday night was like, holy cow. Like I said I was going to bring a toque, and boy, am I glad I did because that that helped com- tremendously. I agree with you. Now, how did you deal with the cold weather? <laughs> <laughs> See what it did there? See what it did there? Yeah. Alouette's. Don't sweep the bread black. Don't sweep the wet blacks on the season series. Uh, lose nineteen eighteen on a on two two point converts. Um, three fumbles, a missed extra point, a failed two point convert, and a partridge in a pear. No, and another fumble by Joshua and Twee. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Oh. God. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the Owls lose nineteen eighteen. I, you know, to be all, and I, I'll be honest with you, Cliff, and you, and I, I told you this too. I really didn't think that the Alouettes were were going to host at home anyway. I really didn't, whether they had if they had won or not, because you, we knew who was going to be playing in the, you know, the game in Hamilton, the Saskatchewan Hamilton game. We knew who was going to play and who wasn't, and the score yeah. and the score showed it without question. I so, mean it. I'm not saying that Cody Fajardo would have made all the difference in the world, but I think it was pretty clear too. Like obviously Hamilton knew what they're, what was going to happen going into this game. And yeah. so does Saskatchewan essentially. So it was just a matter of effort. We got to play this game. Let's just play it and be done with it. And that was pretty much how it, it went down. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean the cold too, I think it, it was a pretty good crowd on hand for, you know, even though it was an announced 11,297, for the Alouettes 1918 loss. Um, obviously it wasn't the way that we wanted to end the season. Um, but you know, the, the people that were there had a good first half and then everybody just was trying to keep warm for that second half because the weather was just as bad as the offense was in that second half, just frigid and cold. And yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll never stop. Like it always makes me smile when I see those big, big old heaters at the side of, on the sidelines, and yeah. just seeing how many people are huddled around them. Like, yes. okay, I can tell who's, I can tell who's from like Alabama, who's from Florida, who's from California, watching them, you know, shivering and <laughs> with the big old coats on, and you know, trying to trying to do whatever they can to stay warm because yeah, they know Canada gets cold, but oh man, I'm sure that was well, that's got to be a sticker shock for them. Well, what, another one was you know uh, you know uh, on practice roster wide receiver Fabian Guerra, dude was not wearing a toque. I swear it was a light jacket, but I mean it's like dude, get a toque or something. <laughs> get some earmuffs, something, something, anything. man, something. <laughs> um, yeah, I you know as I said, you know, I mean. Alouette's up 
15 points at halftime. They were favored by 14. I think it's funny how they blew this lead. It was just a tale of two halves, really. Uh, as soon as, uh, you know, Stanbeck uh, was taken out of the game for rest or for whatever the reasons were, because we keep hearing, I oh, he was just resting, and then we see on the practice practice report this week the, that he had a potential rib issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's really where the game just went into nothingness for the Owls. You know, it, you know, Antwi had a great game, except the three fumbles. Yeah, and to his credit, he did recover one of them. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. let's not completely bury this guy. No, yeah. no, but the problem is, is we, even though with the the, inept, the ineptness of the offense in the second half, Owls are driving in the fourth quarter. We are in well into Ottawa territory to kick a, a field goal that would put us up by more than a by, by more than eight points, and he fumbles, and then the nine or twelve yard drive, whatever it was, by Ottawa, where we just couldn't stop them, and th- that was that was the game, that was the game, but pretty much. And I'll, I'll say I think with the benching of Stanback was obviously a smart move to make because again, you want to keep this guy healthy for the playoffs. Absolutely, I completely. It makes one hundred percent sense to do that, mm-hmm. and I really just think that. The, the Alouettes made a business decision to not show up essentially for the second half and just in hopes that the 18 points that they put up was going to be just enough to win. And again, had Caleb Evans not throw, made that successful two-point convert to R.J. Harris to essentially win the game, in theory, even with that touchdown scored, Montreal could have won this game. But again... Well, yeah, they, by they, making they, that missed extra point in the first half, by... I don't know why they went for two on that on their first touchdown. It made no sense to me. That a comedy of errors. I mean, know, that's really... It started there, where with potential issues, uh, you know, potential ways that the Alouettes could have won this game. Yeah, I mean that that was a real head scratcher. I, I I think it was just a matter of Kahari either overthinking or maybe not thinking enough. Like sometimes you 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 can outcoach yourself, and I think in that instance, I think Kahari kind of outcoached himself with that move. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because, yeah, between you, we think about the missed points from that, the missed uh, po- the missed field goal. I mean, it's yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, once again, this was another game that the Alouettes could have and probably should have won. This, this one they should have won. Should have won. Um, yeah, uh, so much happened in the first half for the Owls. We got to talk about. It. I mean, let's go ahead and just just give the uh, the stats here real quick. Uh, I know I've been really hard on Trevor Harris. Um, since he became an Alouette starter. Um, but I was impressed with his first half. Um, I mean, the dude ended up 20 of 26 for 259 yards, no interceptions and two touchdowns. I was, again, I, I, I'm turning around. Let's see what happens. If Trevor can pull off what he did, uh, uh, versus us last year when he was basically, you know, destroying the Alouettes. What did he, what was it? 23 straight passes in a row, I think it was, last year? Something to that effect. I think he only missed three out of, I think, I think he went 24, or, or yeah, 23, or 23 or 24 out of 27, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. And it, it just destroyed us, and, you know, uh, as Edmonton won. But that was last year. I hope he can do it this year. Uh, but again, the stats, stats are, 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 it's not pretty, but it's, you know, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, um the touchdowns to Jake Winicky. Touchdown Jake was back. He was the one. He was basically the guy uh, with uh, Eugene Lewis uh, on the one-game injured list. He had 70, 79 yards and five receptions. Uh, Quan Bray, 
uh, also stepped in. He, he seemed to get more targets, too. He had four receptions, 64 yards. And stepping in for Geno was Dante Absher. Uh, he, put, he had a good game, too. He had a good he game, did, too. Yeah. Three, three receptions, 44 yards. Uh, Jeshwin Entwee had three receptions for 30. Stanbeck had one for nine. Uh, and then Reggie White Jr. also had a great game, too. He had, he had 33 yards receiving, so... Yeah, he just seems to keep getting better every single day. Like with each passing game, he just seems to improve just that much more. And you can tell he's got chemistry with Trevor Harris because the two of them have been able to connect and put touchdowns on the board. So I mean, that's that's definitely a nice thing to see. It, it's disappointing not to see B.J. Cunningham get that opportunity to play in playoff games, but uh, at least Reggie White Jr. has definitely stepped up and he's he's made a name for himself here in Montreal. It's early still, but I mean, he's definitely proven that he's got what it takes to play in this league. Yeah, for sure. Stanbeck only had seven carries before he was taken out for 45 yards, um, but he did break the 1,100-yard plateau this year and did lead the CFL in rushing. Uh, Jeshwin Antwi, 13 carries, 69 yards in his, since he came in, I think it was late third, second quarter. Um but obviously hampered by those fumbles, mm-hmm. which basically did count. You know, I understand. Yes, it's a team game, but when you're a fan, three fumbles late in the game, yeah, that cost the Owls the game. Even though the, as I said, the second half was just cold as the cold as the cold as the weather. Um, yeah. and, and again, David Cote missing an extra point. What the hell, man? I think it's only. A, I think that was just his second miss of the year. I think. <laughs> See, their second or third miss of the year, and he's had such a great, year, great rookie year, and just ugh. Maybe, maybe the pre- maybe the hype's getting to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's starting to believe his own press. That's not good, man. <laughs> yeah, um, kidding. Obviously, I mean, he he definitely has been a, a, a big bright spot for the Alouettes this year, and again, just unfortunate. It was just like I said, once in a while, you're going to have a bad day at the office, and I really think that's where it came down to for David Cote. Yeah. It, it happens. Yeah. Not, the, not the ideal time for it to happen, but it does happen. Yeah. Al's outgained the Red Blacks by 100 yards, uh, 373 to 273. Held the ball for 32 minutes. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's something, again, that the fumbles killed them. I had three fumble, four fumbles, lost three. Uh, did great on penalties, hardly any penalties at all. But, you know, it battled the turnovers and... Yeah, and let's and let's this defense came to play as they did, but I mean you could see it in that second half too. Yeah, like yeah, once yeah. the offense decided to take the night off, that pretty much everything fell on the defense's shoulders, and they were gassed. You could see it; like they were doing the best they could to to stop Ottawa. And again, it's not like Ottawa was doing anything tremendous, but all they had to do was just show up, and essentially they were able to march the ball down the field and. You know, the, the, that first touchdown they scored in the second half uh, off of uh, Antwi's fumble, you're like, okay, leads cut to seven. Like, all right, all right. Now, yeah, I guess you got to pay attention now. That was the thing, too, by the way, as you're saying. But both Antwi fumbles resulted in all their points in the second half. Yeah. So. I mean, again, just not – again, we really don't want to harp on Jeshwin <laughs> Antwi, but – Again, when you're sitting in the stands and it's cold as balls and you're just like, I just <laughs> want to see this damn team go eight and six for the year and maybe have a winning have a record and have a winning record at home. Yeah. They ended, up, they ended a, up three and four at home. Yeah. Maybe have it even if it was just a slight chance of, of hosting that playoff game, just to at least give the fans that, that little bit of hope, especially to if you had the balls to try and sell tickets to that game, which you may or may not have known it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'm talking about with some of the disconnect when it comes to, like, the the on-field product and the off-field product. Like, I, I cringed when I saw that there were, you know, the, the hype in trying to sell those 
Eastern semifinals. I was like, why don't you wait until you know that it's actually going to be a game to sell them? But no, 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 no. We're going to redo this. And yes, they'll refund the tickets. But still, like, like it's kind of it just irks me more than anything else. Like, I, I don't like being insulted. And that, it really was kind of insulting to do that. And then for the team to go out and just lay an egg in the second half. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I get it. I get they want to preserve themselves for the Eastern semifinal, regardless of where it was going to be played. I 100% get that. Do you really buy it, that, though? Buy what? Just that. I mean, I'm, your, your statement itself. You, you still need to come and play. Do you, do you have another reason why the Alouettes disappeared? Folded faster than Superman on laundry day? They just, because they, I don't think it had anything to do with, oh, I don't think they were, you know, that they were uh, just mailing it in. It, it was just something. You know, I, I honestly think, you know what it was? And this has happened before many a time. It happens many a time in sports, too. Complacent. We're up for, we're up 15 points. They're not going to come back and beat us. They're the Ottawa Red Blacks. And guess what? They did. So maybe it was a little bit complacency. Uh, well, not, not, necessar- is- not necessarily not showing up, but I think, you know, anyway. Hey. Well, I mean, again, the only people who could truly answer that are the guys who are on the field for that game. And to me, that's kind of how I look at it was – they made their choice. I think they, like you said, they probably realized that no matter what they did, they were going to end up going to Hamilton on Sunday anyway. So I think it just became about self-preservation more than anything else, which I get. I, I, I totally get that. And in a lot of ways, that would make sense. It's just disappointing and almost insulting a little bit if you're one of those 11,000 fans that were in the stands putting up with the, you know, the chilly temperatures. Mm-hmm. Just to watch like a half-hearted attempt at football. Oh like, yeah. To me, that that's what I find more insulting than anything else. I get like, that. It, it, I get that. And and you know what? The way that this game started off, by the way, it makes me wonder if the refs were were frozen in the brain because cool. I don't think I have ever seen two <laughs> such blatantly poor calls that have to be corrected. That had to be corrected by challenges. So the Alouettes had no challenges. With well, just just before you know, just before the second uh, the second uh, second quarter, yeah. One one was on a on a clear even from where we're sitting, a clear catch by David Absher. Oh, Dante Absher. Absher. Sorry, Dante. Absher. Yeah, uh, Dante Absher. Oh, one hundred percent. And you even apparently you even saw it on TV on TSN. Like you can actually see Kahari saying, "You're really going to make me challenge this." I think I think that I referee. think that was on the second one. <laughs> I went back and watched it because. Uh, the, the second one was on a defensive play. Um, I think the, the next drive for Ottawa. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> that's what I mean. Where it was Regardless. a it was a clear non catch, clear catch, but the ball bounced into the Ottawa receiver's arms. Yeah. It was so clear. I'm like, oh my god! And I thought, I uh, am am I wrong thinking that I thought that the spotter for you know the league. The league spotter is supposed to correct this type of stuff. I I, can't, I thought the command center could step in, or is it only when something's atrocious, like a uh, well, mind you, that doesn't happen recently anyway. Now, when it comes to head-to-head hits and stuff like that, I thought that there'd be something where if it's a blatant call where it's clear, uh, God forbid the you know you know thank God the Owls didn't ha- didn't need a didn't need a challenge for the rest of the game. Mm. Thank God, but it was so blatant. Oh my God, both of them were just. What? <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, uh, no. And again, to your point, the the spotter it, it's more for uh, like player safety as far as like any sort of concussion or injuries or anything like that. It's not necessarily I about. I, I thought it's to overturn stuff before too. 
again, I think in that sense, the command center could review something if I think it would have to be something that's truly, truly blatant. Yeah. And somehow this didn't qualify. This didn't qualify. Like the fact that <laughs> Kahari, the fact that Kahari had to use his second challenge is, you know, reprehensible. Yeah. Like I agree. Because again, and it's not one of those things. Like, and this is a rule that I think needs to be changed as well. Yeah, you get two challenges, but it should be that if you are successful with your challenges, you keep your challenges. Or if you have a timeout, you still get the challenge. Right. Yeah, because that, again, that, that's, that's 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 the thing in the second half. If you don't have a challenge, if you don't have a timeout, you can't challenge. Right. I hope that's something that the league takes a look at next year, especially too. And this would be a gr- this game would have been a great example of that. Like like this this referee crew was just terrible. Yeah, just terrible. Yeah. Um, another thing too, by the way, we mentioned this talking about a poor second half. The Owls only had the ball in the in the third quarter for four minutes and forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. They had it for one series. And it was uh, not quite a two and out, but practically two it series. might as well have been two series, three series. Okay. No, I'm wrong. I think I'm, two. I'm wrong here. I'm, 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 I'm trying to find it out here. One, one, one series. One. <laughs> I think it's one series. Yeah. That. And again, it was not a long series either. So. <laughs> the, yeah. So, um, what's your thoughts on on Trevor Harris? Because as, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I've been I've been I've been harsh and I've been rough, but. Well, what, no, no matter your, how what, hard, was your, what was your thoughts on this on this week? Well, no matter how hard your your thoughts were on him, I'm sure mine may have been can be interpreted as probably even harsher. Mm-hmm. Although I really am just letting the facts speak for themselves. I mean, again, what it really boils down to, like he played you know an okay game in the first half. Problem is, there's two halves of a football game, so right and you're only as good as your last game. And fine, statistically, he had a he did a fine job like he did the week before playing Winnipeg's taxi squad. And ultimately this is what it comes down to for me when it comes to Trevor Harris. And I talked about this on the alternative is that in the Trevor Harris era, quote unquote, the Alouettes are one and three. Yeah. And again, they could have easily been, I'll, I'll go so far as to say they could have been four and oh, the, the, the game that uh, when Trevor stepped in for Matthew Schiltz, they could have won that game. Saskatchewan was not playing a great game. I think if Montreal, had gotten their act together a little bit better, had, was able to move the ball a little bit better, they would have won that game. They stood toe-to-toe with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Winnipeg. Yeah. Could have won that game as well if they didn't fall apart in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, you beat uh, the Blue Bombers a week later, but again, it was the B team at home in Montreal. Yeah, you played a, you did a fine job there, but again, not playing the best of the best, so to speak. And then losing this game against Ottawa. And I'm sorry, but that's really what it comes down to is Trevor Harris is one and three as an Alouette. The Alouettes are one three with Trevor Harris as their quarterback. Simple as that. Like that's that's just the numbers. That's yeah, that, that's the stats like that's the evidence right there. Again, everybody, came, you know, he was brought in. Everybody was hyping him up. All the CFL talking heads were talking about this guy like he was the next great thing. And that, you know, a change of environment was going to do him good. And he's going to, you know, you're going to see the real Trevor Harris. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I'm afraid of, is that we're going to see the real Trevor Harris. Uh, at least, As I said. At least they're not saying he's, he's the next Cody Fajardo. Uh, not, not Cody Fajardo. Um, um, <laughs> brain freeze. Uh, still have it. Well, reg- regardless, the only thing he's proving so far is he's the next Drew Williams. Zach Caleros. Sorry, Zach Caleros. He's not the, he's Zach not the Calero. Zach, Oh, yeah. Zach Caleros. Yeah, it, God, to, to say that is just like a slap in the face to Zach Calero. So well, considering Zach was 4-0, I think it was 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0, 4-0,
last year to start, and he won the Grey Cup. And what is, what is you know? Yeah, he went on that run. He he went on that incredible run as Bombers QB. But listen, I'm telling you right now, that ain't Trevor Harris. I'm yeah. sorry to say, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He's a backup quarterback making starters money. And I'm still waiting for the real, tre- like, you know, I'm still waiting for this Trevor Harris that everybody seems to think he is to show up for the Alouettes. I sincerely hope he shows up on Sunday. For the real Trevor Harris, please stand up. Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> that really, truly is what it's going to come down to. Otherwise, all the all the Alouettes will be able to say after Sunday is they played exactly one more game than the Edmonton Elks, the Ottawa Red Blacks, and the BC Lions. That's it. Yeah. I need to see something out of this guy. I really, truly do. Because this, because <laughs> again, we all know what Patrick Evels is talking about. Jesus, that, we'll be he, talking about that after our interview. <laughs> listen, oh. it ain't bragging if you can back it up. So I, I you know what? Levels can back. see. That's the thing. Levels can back it up. Him, the defense can back it up. That's it. And and he's apparently one of the best. I'll say shit talkers in the league, but. He backs it up, and because you, and because you use it as a a noun, we're not going to bleep out that word. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure your kids are in bed before you listen to the podcast. There folks. you go. <laughs> so yeah, 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 um, yeah. There, there's there's so much more to talk about. I mean, we're going to be speaking with uh, the the voice of the, the English voice of the Alouettes, Sean Campbell, here in a couple of minutes. Um, but yeah. Uh, so much more to talk about after the, after our interview because the levels thing. I mean, it's, and some positives too. Okay, I, I, you know, it's it's not all negatives. I mean, the Alouette signed a ton of people, which is a huge plus, especially if you didn't follow who what names are, were signed. Um, I was actually surprised at the amount of Alouettes who were chosen as Eastern All Stars. Very surprised. So we'll be talking about that and 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 more, and then our and then our our thoughts about the home game, the final home game of the regular season, because it was, it wasn't, you know, homes, the home season for the Alouettes this year was very, very different, obviously. Um, so many ways. Yeah. So we had, we had that and much more to talk about. So, um, uh, when we get back after speaking with Sean, again, as I said, we got a lot more to talk about and, uh, uh, what a great way to lead up to the, uh, the matchup on Sunday in the Eastern semifinal versus the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And as promised, with us this week to talk about the matchup versus the uh, Hamilton Tiger cast in the Eastern semifinal is the English voice of the Montreal Wet, Sean Campbell. Hey, Sean, thanks for joining us again. Uh, no problem. Anytime, guys. Yeah. Love talking, Alice. I have to ask you this one question because Cliff and I were talking about this in the in the recap of the game this week. And I know I, I didn't hear that part of the broadcast, obviously, on the English, on the radio side. But what were yours and Marco's uh, uh reactions to those two horrible calls by the refs at the end of the first quarter where we had to both had to use both of our, our challenges. Yeah. It, you know what, more the second one than the first one. And it, it's funny because, you know, you get the, the hindsight of the, the replay when you're at home or you're on the TV and I'm in the broadcast booth, we have a television, Yeah, but you know, the, the first, uh, sorry, the second one, the first one. Okay. You got to throw the challenge. That's fine. But the, the, the second one, that one I saw bounce from the radio booth with my <laughs> naked eye. And, 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 and in the call, I'm like, oh, and he one hops it to his receiver. And then they're like, oh, they're saying it's a catch. Really? And I'm like, oh, maybe he got his hands. And I was like, maybe he got his hands under it. And then I, you know, then we threw it. I was like, no, well, they're going to call that. And then they discussed it. And they're like, no, that's a catch. And 
I'm like, and then you just see Kahari Jones laughing and he's just like, uh, I can't believe I have to throw my challenge flag. Yeah. And you know, there's limited amount of times and, and there's a risk to going to replay when he knows he's right. It's just, he doesn't want to be the guy they they should, when it's that obvious, a coach shouldn't have to throw a flag. Right. And I like was there. Sometimes it's close. I get it. It's just, it was that obvious. He shouldn't have had to throw a challenge flag to make that call. I was, I was, Musing the cliff, and I can't remember. Maybe you you might remember more than I do, but I thought that the that the uh, command center can step in at any time to make any correction. Is that the case, or is it just on something major? I think it's just on something major on a on a on a scoring play. So that's not you know that's a an, an out route for uh, a first down of ele- I think it was eleven yards on the gain uh, first quarter. You know, from the twenty five to the thirty five of your own zone. I, I don't, I, I don't know if they call that a major play, but you know, I just, I think Kahari Jones is just like, okay, I got it. And, he, and I think he's been in the league long enough to mm-hmm. understand who he's dealing with when it comes to the referees. And, and look, I play sports as a competitor. I may not be the most gracious with referees. I know I'm a little bit different when I coach at a certain level uh, with my kids, but you know, at the same time, it is a thankless job. And, and sometimes I have to bite my tongue because I'm like, they're human beings. They see what they see. And then, you know, I'm sure when they see the replay, like, oh, I screwed that up. Okay, we've all screwed up. Let's move on. But, like, there's a procedure that they had to go through. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to the Grey Cup this year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I mean, Cliff and I were thinking that maybe if you win two, I think the league used to do this, but, you know, it's because at one point, I think all teams were just fishing, as we saw when they changed the rules for pass F for PI. That maybe if you do win two and you still have another time, if you still have a timeout, you should get a third challenge because the Owls could have been screwed. We're lucky, but the Owls could have been screwed for the rest of the game because of these two piss poor calls, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think you got to figure out a way where if you're perfect, you should be able to keep going until you're not perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I yeah, like I kind of like the 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 idea in the NHL, right? The NHL now is if you challenge, you get a penalty. So if you're wrong, you get penalized for it. And if you challenge again and you're wrong, it's a double minor. I kind of like that idea. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I guess it it, it needs to be more than just more than just losing your time. Got to make sure. Yeah. It's it's not like you just got to make sure. It's not like the NFL. I mean, it's but yeah, I I understand that that actually that that actually does make sense. Actually does make sense. Um, Real quickly, before we talk about the game, uh, what were your thoughts on, on on the second half? I mean, it's. It didn't look. It doesn't look good going into Hamilton. Yes, I understand it's the playoffs and it's a whole new season, as the players were telling us after the game. But what? Why do you think that the Alouettes played so poorly in the second half? Was it a matter of oh, we're up fifteen on the on the Red Blacks and they're not going to come back? Or what were you and Marco uh, amusing about when it came to this loss? Well, you know, let's if you want to break it down and you can circle one player if you want. And I know it's a team game and there's a million things that happen in a, in a football game, Yeah, but the Ottawa red blacks scored two touchdowns uh, after two turnovers. Yep. And just run got his opportunity in the second quarter. And in the first play of the third quarter, fumbled the ball and it mm. turned into a uh, Caleb Evans touchdown. And then with the Alouettes up a score in field goal range, he didn't protect the football and, you know, and you could tell by his reaction, he knew he made a mistake, either human beings, I get it. But mm-hmm. those were the two plays that made the Owls not win that football game. Uh, you know, not having stand back around to keep drives going a little bit longer. You saw at the beginning, Antwi on first down, he gets 
you know, three to uh, three to four yards where stand back would get five to six, you know, second and four is just different than second and seven in the CFL. That's just what it is. Yeah. There was no uh, Eugene Lewis. It was a game. I understand with the possibility to host, but really was meaningless because in the end, Hamilton went on to win. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't think anybody should really be sitting there, you know, dredging up the past of the second half and the Alouettes letting that one get away uh, from the, the Red Blacks. Yeah, they're the better team. They're better than the Red Blacks. Good for the Red Blacks. They went for two. I thought it was perfect uh, for them to do it. It In the end, it didn't really matter. So it's like, just move on. I understand that there were problems there, but uh, I don't look much more past than that. It was just a couple mistakes or and the Owls would have easily won that game. Hey, if, if Cote would have made that missed extra point we, it may have been just a moot point anyways too so <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah we could you, you could get into that and he's been pretty good all year i oh, no I've, I've liked the kicker this year yeah, yeah uh you know he missed two extra points all season long uh his field goal percentage and, it, and if you remember early in the season uh two of the field goals that he missed were bad snaps yep and he still kicked he, he didn't not kick it he was he still kicked the ball knowing that he wasn't going to make the field goal, but he got the ball downfield. It was like a putt. And he did that twice. And in my head, I was like, that's a heads up play that he still kicked the ball, knowing he wasn't going to make the field goal to make sure that the team was further down the field. I, I, I thought that was actually a pretty smart play twice for him. And they go down as misses. Yep. That's true. And, and considering too, that I think he had, th- was it three snappers this year? A uh, three holders this year? Cause I think yeah, it, a couple holders. Yeah. Zima. Change of the snappers. Yeah. 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 So Zima Schultz uh, held. Uh, you also had um, uh, Gagne's been snapping. Uh, they they brought in Gerard for a little that's bit. Right. But, uh, that's Pierre right. Pierre Luc Caron was done for the season. So yep. yeah, when you, when you're usually a, your kicking unit, you're the, the, the trio. You're used to it. But uh, yeah, you're right. A little bit of a change on that. That's true, Cliff. All right, Sean. Let's let's go through your first full. You've now completed your first full season as the voice of the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, what have been your overall thoughts as far as the Alouettes go? Like, you know, being able to see this team from your perspective, what have you seen that's really impressed you? And what have you seen that has really made your head, made, made you scratch your head a little bit? Uh, what impressed me is before the season started, you know, ownership, management, uh, head coach, you know, the players, everybody spoke about how they wanted this team to be entertaining and fun. They wanted them. Uh, you know, to bring the energy, they wanted to bring life, they wanted, um, you know, to challenge and, and have big plays like their their quarterback was named big play VA, they wanted to be big play Alouettes. And you know what, and I know for the for the most part in the CFL scoring was down entertainment was down. But if you look across the nine teams in the CFL, the outs were one of the more entertaining teams. Uh, they challenged They threw the ball downfield, they made highlight real plays, they had the top running back, they had uh, the top two uh, you know, receivers when it comes to the touchdowns. Vernon Adams Jr. was right there in touchdown passes, like second in the league heading into the last week, and he hadn't played the six previous weeks. Um, you know, and we know that there was ups and downs with Vernon Adams Jr., but that was the entertainment factor of it all. And they did that going through three quarterbacks. Uh, their defense, uh, you know, sacks and interceptions. They they did what they wanted to do. They wanted to be turnover machines. They wanted to be uh, a team that was dynamic and pushed quarterbacks back and, and, and got fans to cheer. I thought they put an entertaining product on the field. Now, it wasn't as entertaining. As, like, if, you, if that was a regular season, they would have been middle of the pack. But I thought they were one of the more entertaining teams across the CFL. So that was my one observation from this team. As a letdown, probably penalties and discipline. Um, you know, 
lack of focus. Uh, sometimes, you know, they get like that in the CFL. And, you know, uh, the inconsistency from a guy like Bernard Adams Jr. where you see the high end, I think those are the things that, you know, probably drag them down just a little bit to make them a 500 team. But at this point, they make the playoffs and they're just three wins away, which is something they could do um, uh, from winning the Grey Cup. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, overall, I thought I thought they were an entertaining product for a season across the CFL that has been deemed one of the worst entertaining seasons. But I think the Owls themselves did a pretty good job of trying to to bring some fun and life to the game. Now, Trevor Harris is a quarterback. I mean, it's been a very polarizing subject amongst Alouette's uh, fans. Uh, some people are happy he's here. Some people are not so happy. Some people want to see him succeed. Some don't necessarily. From what you've seen of the four games that he's been a participant of, what's your overall take on Trevor Harris and his ability to be that insurance policy for the Alouettes? Uh, I think it's a pretty good insurance policy that the Alouettes have put together. It's a guy that understands the league. I always felt that you need a quarterback that has been in the league for a while that understands the league. And you saw the problem with, you know, Ottawa trying to find quarterbacks. They're getting guys from the States that are coming back and never thrown or touched a ball in the CFL. And whenever anybody go, gets hurt, they, they, you know, they're trying to, uh, you know, find a quarterback that can, you know, understand the game. What the Owls had was a guy in Vernon Adams Jr. who had that four years experience and he had that year starting. He went down, Matthew Shields. Now he hadn't much starting experience, but he's been in the league a while. That worked. He was able to understand. And then they bring in Trevor Harris, years of experience. So, I, you know, for Trevor Harris bringing him in with where the Owls were, I have no problem with it. You're not going to get big play TH. You know, you're, you're not going to get that. There's a reason why he came to Montreal as an Edmonton uh, Eskimo at the time and was able to, you know, dink and dunk his way down the field because he plays safe and he gets the play and he moves the ball. He spoke about it a couple of weeks ago about his big thing is momentum moving the ball and i think he does a pretty good job he doesn't have too many two and outs uh you know he's able to get that ball you know will stand back definitely helps that i think he complements the offense pretty well i think that maybe his relationship isn't the same as va has with all his receivers but he's not here now and you need a guy that can throw the ball and that you can trust and i i i think for the four games he's been there uh i gotta give him a really really good and positive rating for the else okay all right now, going into this game on Sunday against Hamilton Tiger Cats, in your opinion, what's it going to take for Montreal to be able to get past Hamilton, who's proven to be a very good football team, but also to kind of like the Alouettes, proven to be shaky at times? Yeah, I think, you know, the Owls won that wild one in Hamilton. And, you know, winning in Hamilton is not an easy thing to do. And now to do it in the playoffs, it's going to be uh, very difficult. They won that wild game with that 55-yard uh, field goal into the wind to tie it, and then they, they got it in overtime. Uh, you know, one of those entertaining games the outs provided this year for their fans. Um, I think, you know, you have to go simple here, very simple. It's got to be a stand-back game and a defense game. I think they're going to need to get a key turnover on defense, and if their offense gives up one, they're going to need two. Like if they might only need one turnover at a, at a critical time, but the rest of it to me has got to be a standback game. You're going to, you're going to want 110 yards, 15 to 18 carries from Will Standback, you know, methodically go down the field, take control of the game. And I think that that is simple. The, you know, it would maybe be a different game plan if you had Vernon Adams Jr. But I think it's the simple momentum, long drives, wear them down, and the third quarter comes around and you're up by four or five, you just stand back it up, 
six yards, six yards, 10 yards, nine yards, six yards. Like that's just what he does. I think that's the best way for them to attack this game. Just ram the ball down their throats. <laughs> it's, it's what works best for the Owls. They're the only team to have over 2,000 uh, yards rushing as a, as a club this year in the CFL. What I, what I am looking at is that I cannot believe now, th- this is only going to be the t- if my if my stats are correct. This is only going to be the tenth time that the Alouettes have faced Hamilton in, in a semifinal, and only the twenty eighth overall game that they've played in the playoffs. Other than you know, uh, they have not beaten Hamilton in six straight attempts, whether it be this a semifinal or in the uh, or in the uh, in the final itself in the East final. What besides besides Standback? And ramming it down their throat, Sean. What else do the do the Alouettes need to do? Do we need a a Trevor Harris type of game from last year, along with Stanback, in order to win this game? Because you know, losing six in a row can be seem a little daunting. But as you said, I mean, it's it's everything that so many things have happened in the CFL this year. It seems like almost anything can happen. Yeah, I don't think they need a, a huge Harris game. I think they they could honestly get by with a um, a thirteen for twenty, a hundred and. 60 yard game for him. I think they can. Maybe a touchdown pass. I think I think they can really get by. To me, I, like I mentioned, I think it's the defense. I think the defense will need a key turnover. Uh, they need a, a key interception at a time. A key sack that maybe pushes the team. You know, sometimes those sacks that uh, happen around the, the 35 to 40 yard line that turns a uh, 48 yard field goal attempt into a 55 year old uh, yard field uh, goal attempt and then you know they have to punt instead you're taking points off the board they need a play like that a long drive that ends into zero points so i i think that those are the type of things that you want to see from the Alice defense they're they're you know it's the cfl they're gonna they're gonna give up points and they're gonna give up a play but uh i i think that they have enough playmakers on that club that they can really uh you know dictate the game and if their defense is on it's something that is really hard to contend with but it has to be on because it's not always on. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I'm sure both all, all three of us would love the Alouettes to get their first win in a playoff win in Hamilton since 96. So, I mean, that, that's been quite a while since the Owls have won there, but Hey, anything can happen. Man. Oh yeah. It's a, just a, it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough place to play. It really, really is a tough place to get to, too. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a very uh, an annoying travel destination. <laughs> well, I was about to say, you could talk to that. I mean, what, what, what's your, what's your schedule like to get to, to Hamilton this week? Is it going to be oh, a matter my. of, of fly with the team and go, or are you, are you taking the train? What, 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 how, what's, what's Sean Campbell and Marco's plans to get to the game this week? Well, mine's a little bit different. Uh, we're, you know, in years past, uh, the uh, the radio team did fly with the team, but we're not flying with the team this year because of COVID. Right. Uh, so we we fly on our own. Last last trip, uh, we were in and out in 36 hours, but it was a and I think 12 of those I traveled. It was a flight to Toronto, a train to Hamilton, uh, then a, like another long Uber because the train station didn't take us to where the hotel was. And then we got a lift to the train and then we took the, then we took the go train back and then had to take the express train to Pearson, catch a flight at 11 o'clock, uh, after oh the game, God. get back to Montreal. <laughs> it's, it's just cause there's no flights from Montreal to Hamilton. It just, you have to get to Toronto. This weekend's a little different for me. Um, because I'm calling the Canadian Sabres game on Friday night oh boy. Uh, for the station. So I'm actually leaving tomorrow. Uh, I'm working the morning show. Oh, I'm tomorrow. I'm sorry. I don't know. Today, tomorrow, when we're on podcasts, it's different. So yeah. I, I leave, I'm working the morning show on 
Thursday morning, bright and early. And then right after the show, I'm going straight to the airport. So I'm flying to Toronto. Then I'm driving to Buffalo, crossing the border on American crossing the border on American Thanksgiving and uh, then <laughs> call the game Friday night. And then sar- Saturday, uh, I just have to make a, uh, a drive. I'm still going to have the rent a car. Uh, I'll drive from Buffalo to Hamilton and then I'll be in Hamilton Saturday night uh, for the game on Sunday, right after the game, make my way back to Pearson with that rent a car, drop it off and fly back to Montreal morning show on Monday. Dude, uh, this is where Cliff and I both hope hope and pray there is no snow for you because oh my god i can only imagine (laughs) how much how much more fun that that would make your trip yeah i know i'm missing four of my kids hockey games too that's the worst part but you know they'll survive there's a lot of other coaches out there that can help me out uh but yeah that's pretty much what my weekend is going to be but i do have like all of saturday right because i'm working friday and sunday yeah and it's a short trip buffalo to hamilton so not a long drive so no. I've never been to Niagara Falls. I think I might stop at Niagara Falls. Just, you know, hang out by myself. That's Definitely. cool. It's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Never been there. They, 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 do been, say, yeah. they do say that the Canadian side, and this is not because it's the Canadian-U.S. thing, but they actually do. I've heard Americans say this too, that the Canadian side is actually the prettier side than the U.S. side. So, mm-hmm. Well, that's good because I'm planning to cross the border early because I know on November 30th, all that status change yes. for crossing for 72 hours. Mm-hmm. But that's the 30th. Because that, because of that, I just got my uh, PCR test. And because you have to have that uh, PRC or PCR test, whatever test that is to cross the border back into Canada. You right. can get your test in Canada yeah. as long as you come back within the three days. Because I got it, the test today at 3 o'clock, I got to make sure I come back across the border uh, like, in the morning of Saturday, uh, of Saturday, so I'll probably cross the border, then look at the, then go to Niagara Falls. Oh but, boy! You know, I told you this is a complicated weekend I have here. Oh boy! Hey, boy, oh boy! Before we let you go, Sean, we wanted to ask. I mean, it's been a, it's been an interesting year. I love been hearing you guys on the radio. You've had your ends. You've had your real strange issues. I mean, for the first time since. I think it was since 97 that the Alouettes weren't on the radio, were not technically on terrestrial radio, with you guys supposed to be streaming and stuff like that, and it ending up being on CJAD. Um, how, how's your experience? I know you've been working in radio for as long as you have, but I mean, how was, uh, how was your overall experience this year uh, being uh, the voice of the Owls? Uh, well, one, I loved it. I was, you know, and I, I loved it when I had the chance to fill in for Rick and uh, a couple of years ago, I, it was before the 2019 season, uh, it was that uh, I wasn't able to fill in. Uh, so it was 2018, I did about four games and I always wanted to try to do football. And then after I did my first football game, I loved it. And, and when the opportunity came up and I applied for the uh, position and the, and I got it, I was really excited because uh, I, you know, my first real gig and team to cover was the Owls when I got in in 2007 mm-hmm. into radio. Um, you know, I, I started working the, the show, the out this week, and then I, I took that over for years. Uh, always enjoyed that covered the team as a reporter in the summer of 2007, 2008, you know, the, uh, covered the great cup in, in, um, in Calgary, the, you know, the, the 13 men on the field, uh, you know, like uh, all those little stories. It was neat to follow and, and be, you know, uh, following the, the team and the organization. So I've known it for a while and I've enjoyed it and I've always appreciated the CFL, but covering it from so close, I was just excited to be part of it this year. 
uh, you know, the complications of radio broadcast, you just, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. Um, you know, the streaming problems was with less uh, the stations issue and more the streaming formats issue. Right. Uh, so it was kind of hard to deal with our, our on our side, um, you know, and scheduling. What the other thing with the scheduling normally Alouette and CF Montreal and the Canadians and they're very conscious of, of, of what the schedules are and how they schedule their games, knowing when a team plays, if they're at home or away, like they're, you know, the presidents make sure, Hey, we don't, you know, the, the, the owls don't want to go Saturday night at seven when the Canadians are playing Saturday night at seven. Right. They don't, but because of the COVID year, the schedule for the CFL was kind of like, this is what you're getting. And it was the same thing with the, with the Habs in the NHL. And I think that's why we've seen so many conflicts and we had a bunch of conflicts even with CF Montreal and the Alouettes, and they also try not to steal, knowing that there's fans of both, or they don't, you know, they have radio partners that want to do things that are different. So COVID did have an effect on scheduling that way, where there were more conflicts, you know, leading to, you know, split broadcasts, one's online, this feed, hit the red bar, and, you know, you can do what you want. And, you know, I know we have our sister station, CJD, which we broadcast a couple of games, and glad we were able to do, to do that, but... You know, we, we, we try and keep it all on the TSN brand if we can, but there's only so much you can do, right? There's just, yeah. you know, when everything's happening at once, you kind of shrug your shoulder and say, okay, well, we're just going to deal with what we have and what we can deal with. So uh, it's not it's not ideal, but I, I understand the, the complications of it and it's radio and, you know, uh, if it's a stream or if it's on the radio, you want to listen, it's available, and it was always available. It was just tough to get the the news out when we had to change last minute. That's all it was. I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Hey, it, just out of curiosity, if the if TSN 690 ends up becoming the English voice of the, C, uh, the CEBL Alliance, are, are, are you interested in, in calling basketball, or have you never called basketball before? Uh, well, look, uh, you know, just, just a couple of years ago, I never called football. And, uh, huh. I love it, so yeah. I'll call basketball. I, I, I have no problem calling anything. Yeah. Um, I've called a couple, uh, uh, well, I guess it was impact at the time. I've called a couple impact games, uh, in the past, uh, there was, I almost had the, uh, Canadian championship. That would have been, uh, that would have been fun if oh, I did a Canadian fun. championship. Joey was able to, yeah, Joey was able to do it in the end. And I love that Joey has that opportunity, uh, to call CF Montreal. But, uh, I was, I was kind of hoping if it didn't work out, I would have been able to do CF Montreal on this past Sunday. And then I would have done Canadians on Friday. And then the Owls on Sunday, and then the Wednesday after, I would have done the Rocket. So I would have done all four of our wow. ice holders in a ten, in a ten days span. And I was like, oh, that would have been really neat. But uh, yeah, no, I said, yeah, I'll do uh, I'll do basketball. I have no problem. I'll do you know, yeah. I'll, I'll lend my voice to to any sport. And I also love it because you know, I I, I do watch any sport, and I love you know, you know, I want to be that guy that one day you know they. Uh, they need someone at the the Olympics to do the shot put. I'm like, yeah, I'll put my hand up. I'll do some shot put for a while, and I'll pretend I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Why not? Or, or how about the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? <laughs> Can you see yourself calling that? I want to. I want to be in that. <laughs> <laughs> a man after my own heart. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love it, Sean Campbell, professional eater. <laughs> professional commentator I've, I've, uh, slash professional eater. Yes. Yeah. That was great because I've I've had a chance to interview Joey Chestnut a bunch of times. Um, and I know a guy that knows a guy, and he's got me in touch with him. So around that time, I've I've talked to Joey Chestnut a whole bunch. That guy is 
he's a hoot, man. He he's an interesting fellow. Very interesting fellow. <laughs> I think you have to be in order to crush 75 hot dogs. No kidding. <laughs> in 12 minutes or yeah. whatever it is. He does, he does like mouth training and neck exercises. Like you don't say they're not athletes. Oh, well, I know. Can, I, I think I saw him do something for um, a pizza thing for Mr. Beast. If I remember correctly on YouTube recently, <laughs> I was like, how'd you take down all that pizza, dude? It's not, these aren't hot dogs. This is pieces of pizza. So it's. Yeah. Just, just train yourself, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it <laughs> well obviously sean we we hope you have a great call we hope travel works out perfectly for you this weekend and obviously we want to make sure we hear you calling the eastern final that 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 would be our goal obviously and uh uh we really appreciate your time man we really do and uh, uh congratulations on uh, on a great year and being the the official voice of the alouettes all right thanks a lot guys uh, once again, thanks to Sean Campbell for joining us. Uh, it was great having him on. Man, the life as, a, you know, sometimes you hear what it is like to travel uh, when you are a professional wrestler, like in the WWD or, a, or AEW. <laughs> the life of a, uh, of a of a play-by-play man doesn't seem to be that <laughs> that much different. His travel schedule is nuts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean... Like I said, we, we, all we can hope for for Sean, other than being able to call a great game on Sunday, is making sure he can get to said game on Sunday. Because <laughs> yeah. if if the weather just turns sideways for any reason, he could be in trouble. And I'm we're just going to hope for the best for him. Uh, we definitely appreciate him coming on and sharing his thoughts about the Alouette season, at least from the broadcast booth, his perspective there, and so much more. You know, like I said, we're, we're very thankful to be able to have him on the show and you know he's always welcome back anytime he wants. Exactly. I want to remind everybody that we are on social media. You can find us in multiple places. Um, if you want to find us, uh, the uh, archive of all the shows, you can head to uh, Uh If you want to find us, uh, the podcast, on any of the uh, social media platforms, you can just do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck and you'll be able to find us because we're on quite a few of the major ones but we seem to be popping up on these other ones that we don't know about but hey the more the merrier that's all i can say um you can find us on twitter facebook instagram ilily uh most of them are at twitter is at alouette's fl deck uh the uh facebook it is alouette's flight deck pod but you can still just do a search for alouette's flight deck um, it's Alouette's Flight Deck on Instagram. You can follow Cliff at, at @CliffyD. You can follow me at, at @Repact R E P P A C T. And last but not least, you can also find us on YouTube. We're slowly getting there. Cliff and I have been talking about this. We, as you know, we want to get to a hundred uh, to hundred followers on uh, on YouTube. We're wondering if we're going to have to start giving you guys teasers on what this nice, gorgeous, beautiful giveaway is going to be because we want to get to that hundred mark so um cliff and i will be thinking about that also uh also quickly too everybody's doing it we might as well do it too if you head over to our merch shop you can do so by either going to the other fight deck uh web and checking out the link there or you can go yeah you know that's probably the best place to do it I think you can also do a search for our, for Alouette's Flight Deck also if you go to uh, to Teespring. That's where our shop is held. But if you go there, use the code, gee, what a surprise, Black Friday. You get 20% off through the, through the end of day Sunday. 20% cool. off by using the code Black, one word, Black Friday. 
there you go. If you don't have your Alouette's flight deck gear, folks, I mean, are you even really a fan of the show? <laughs> so this is the time to stock up, man, because I mean, and also, too, let's not forget Christmas is coming up. That's the right. holidays are coming up. Yep. What and- better way to show the love for your favorite podcast than to buy the merch and give it to your friends, your family, your coworkers, what have you? This is this is absolutely perfect. So by all means, check it out. Promo code Black Friday. Get get the swag. Yeah, and, and possibly something released in the next couple of days, something new. If anybody remembers me on social media recently talking about uh, the cool minimalist logo that was used uh, when the Alouettes and Concords used to play over at the Olympic Stadium on the you know that was shown in the 1970s pocket schedules. Well, we we ca- we kind of have that uh, that minimalist look of the Big O, and we're gonna put that on shirts. So uh, stay tuned for that too. Mm-hmm. Um. So. It was not a normal, we wanted to talk about the home season, and it really wasn't a normal home season, obviously, because of COVID and how the schedule was. I kind of like how the schedule was done this year um, with the later games, but I got a feeling once the 2022 schedule is released, that won't be the case. Um, But I think for me, that stood out the most, and I understand with all the COVID protocols and stuff like that, Cliff, it really was a very strange home finale for the Alouettes. Not much was done like normal. Things weren't being given away. I don't even remember them thanking the fans for coming out for the 2020, uh, 2021 home season. Um, I just felt that overall, I think the home season was was good, uh, even though we ended up being three and four. But obviously, there could have been some some improvements, being that we heard and what we saw what they did in the other provinces for some of these other uh, for the other teams in the CFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, again. You, you really do have to look at this year and almost kind of give the team a mulligan as far as, you know, any, if there's anything you didn't like this year, it may have just been stuff that was completely out of everybody's control. And I think the team just kind of rolled with it as best it could. I, you and I have been, you know, for the most part, receptive to, or, or not receptive, but we've been, we've been critical, but at the same time, we've also been quick to give praise where it's deserved. Yeah. As far as the in-game experience goes. It's going to be tough, though, because we didn't get too many fans this year. And I think a lot of it really has to do with with COVID and the vaccine passport. No doubt singled out a lot of fans that probably would have attended games if they didn't have to be fully vaccinated. But again, that's that's just the way the cards were dealt, so to speak. Uh, to me, though, like when I think about the in-game experience this year, overall, it was pretty good. I, I really like the energy that... Not just our section, but I think the crowds that we got for the most part, like, you know, just our general area of the stadium, I think, was very engaged, was loud as hell when they had to be. Yeah. And just it made for a very overall fun experience. I, I The only thing I, I would say, though, is there are still a lot of instances. There's still a lot of little instances I kind of look at. I'm like, OK, this is a professional franchise that's been around for 25 years and it still feels like. The summer intern is running things, oh, the- and that's the part. There's the, that's the part that kind of it kind of it, it bothers me. It bothers me in the sense that, like, if I can see these things happening, how do the pe- how are the people in charge not seeing these things happening? And that's one of the things that kind of makes me. It, it's hard for me to give this a passing grade, but at the same time, I can't really give it a feeling grade. Like I think, much like the Alouettes, you're kind of at fifty fifty as far as the overall in game experience goes. I mean, I think there's. There's lots to improve upon. Oh yeah, for they sure. They did get a lot. Of, they got a lot of things right. I will say that, and I will certainly give them their props for that. But there's just a lot of instances where I kind of looked at things like, guys, 
you're better than this, or at least you should be better than this. Like you got to be better when it comes to this, this, and this. And I think that's really what it comes down to is just, you know, it's not easy to give that great experience to every single person. Like some people probably attended games and thought this was the best thing ever. Some people probably went to the games and thought it sucked out loud. I mean, again, you're not going to make everybody happy. I get that 100%. To me, though, I think it's just a matter of being able to just listen to the fans, listen to the ones who want – let's put it this way. If you were at, at an Al West game this year, it's because you wanted to be. You made the effort to go to this game. As far as I'm concerned, you as a paying customer should be treated to the best possible experience. And to me, it's just making sure you got football people that truly understand what it takes to provide – that game day experience that is second to none. They did it in 2019. Quite frankly, they could have done it in 2021. Maybe they couldn't for any number of reasons. I get that. I'm just hope. I'm hoping that for the 2022 season, they take a look at the things that they got right. They work on that. They take a look at the things that were kind of whiffs, and they learn from those mistakes and just build upon something better. To me, that's what I would be looking forward to more than anything else in 22, 2022 is just improve upon that game day experience because it's there. And when yeah. fans are excited, when they're engaged at Percival Molson Stadium, there is nothing better. There is no more, uh, to me, and I'm, I, I'm sure I sound biased when I say this, there is no better place in the world to watch football, as far as I'm concerned, than at Percival Molson Stadium. When that stadium is full, when it's rocking and everybody is on board with it, there is no better place to watch football in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, I think the the team needs to make sure that with all, you know with all the people that left and uh, during the season and before the season, uh, you know people need to remember too. Remember at one point we we didn't have cheerleaders. It was announced in twenty twenty that the cheerleaders weren't coming back, but they because of backlash they brought them back. Thank God. But there there needs to be some changes. They need to hire some great people that get them out into the uh, into the um, into the community and stuff like that. And, and our hope is if we can get uh, Alowitz President Marichini on in a couple of weeks, that we will be able to ask him about that and hopefully what they're looking forward to the uh, 2022 season. So, I mean, I mean, I agree with you. I, overall, I'd probably give it a C. Again, a 50-50, I'd give it a... But it's... Yeah, it, it is it, it is what it is. There was a lot of hits, but unfortunately, there were a lot of misses as well. And again, I, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the misses, as far as I'm concerned, are correctable mistakes. It's not like one of these things where you did it and, oh, you're stuck with this. No, it's just a matter of okay, this didn't work. You tried it. I'll give you credit for that, but it didn't quite hit the home run that you thought it did or maybe hoped it would. So maybe let's try doing this instead kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's 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 how I look at it. There's a lot of teachable moments, as they say, for the Yalouettes. So um, yeah. here's hoping that, you know, like we'll, we'll certainly offer our opinions. We'll give our two cents worth if it's asked. And with any luck, 2022, they can take a, the, the positives from 2021. If they can build upon those for 2022, it's good. Once again, this will be a very fun place to watch football. Yep. Uh, good news from the Alouettes front. The Alouettes announced earlier this week uh, that they have uh, uh, the core of the Alouettes offensive line is to stay in, in place for the next two seasons. Um, it was actually great to see, uh, Cliff, that they have re-signed uh, Christian Matt, Philip Gagnon, Sean Jameson, and Landon Rice to, 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 to excuse me, to new two-year deals um you know hey this this group together they were a huge uh part of what will Stanback was able to do this year so it's it's actually great to have them back for the next two years not only William Stanback, but when vernon adams was playing for the most part they were able to protect him and give him a chance to go out and make some of those incredible plays that he did so to be able to lock those guys up outstanding absolutely outstanding i like i said i think this year sean jameson 
did a fantastic job at center uh, before he got hurt. I, I honestly think if he did not get hurt, if he was able to play a complete season, there's no question in my mind that he would have been the most outstanding offensive lineman for the Alouettes. Yeah. Uh, Landon Rice, who did end up becoming the most outstanding lineman for the Alouettes, the nominee for that, he too, I, very happy to see that he's going to be back and and sticking around. Because again, he too has become a very integral part of this offensive line done an outstanding job at uh, his position. And again, the fact that his peers have nominated him as such, that speaks for itself. And it still blows my mind that both he and Tony Washington, of that trade, that infamous trade that we won't talk too much about, <laughs> of all the of all the, the CFL players, not the draft picks, but the players that were involved in that deal, he, Landon Rice and Tony Washington are still the only ones who are currently playing in the Canadian Football League. Yep. To me, that is just, it's its its incredible. its It boggles the mind to think. And the fact that they're both playing so well for the Alouettes, I, I think history will end up being a lot kinder about this trade than what it really was initially, just based on the efforts of those two gentlemen all by itself. I, I think history will end up looking back at that trade and say, you know what? It was kind of crazy at the time, but I think it ended up working out okay for the Alouettes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who would, you know, if, if we had had less, um, if we hadn't had as many injuries as we can only imagine what the Alouettes might have been, might have been able to do this year. And same thing with, with uh, Will Standback. But, uh, but still, hey, what, one last thing about, about these guys. I, I'm just happy to say Canadian, 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 Canadian. That's, That's it. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, with the exception of Washington, although he lives in Canada year round. So I think we can consider him an honorary Canadian. Oh, at sure. This why point. not? So, yeah. Well, I'll give so him. So, you know what? Yeah. There you go. So as far as so as far as we're concerned, we do have an all Canadian offensive line, <laughs> and that's always an awesome thing. Um, let's, also, let's face it: the Alouettes, their last two Grey Cups, all Canadian offensive line. Yeah. So maybe this year, yeah. who knows? Maybe. I mean, if we're if we're going to go ahead and consider Tony Washington an honorary Canadian, and I think we should because, as I said, he he's putting his he's put in the time, he's done the work, he he lives here year round. Screw it, we have an all Canadian offensive line. There we go. Um, Deal with it. Also, it was announced, uh, I think, during the game or just before the game that uh, CFL Hall of Famer and former Montreal Alouettes star quarterback Anthony Calvillo became a Canadian citizen. So Cliff and I want to wish I wish Anthony uh, a congratulatory, congr- you know, thank- welcome to the club. <laughs> That's it. You're one of us now. That's right. <laughs> and also to uh, all the best to AC and the Montreal Caribbean for uh Winning the Dunsmore Cup mm-hmm. and now going on to the semifinals for U Sports uh, in or- order to go up back to the Vanier Cup. So AC, you know we got your back. We're cheering for you, and uh, you know I, I really hope that. The- and it's going to be interesting too because uh, this I think it's this Saturday. The is it the UTech Bowl that they're playing against the Sask- University of Saskatchewan Huskies, whose head coach is. Mm-hmm. A teammate of Anthony Calvillo's right. and Scott Flory. <laughs> so how interesting is that? That we're going to be like on Saturday, I believe it's yeah on Saturday, you're going to see Anthony Calvillo versus Scott Flory, coach versus coach, former teammates, now on opposite ends, like opposite benches as coaches. Mm-hmm. How how crazy is that? I know, should be fun. Uh, do you know is the game on TSN or is it on Sportsnet or, or what? What do we know? What it's or is it being broadcast? I know in French, obviously French, it'll be, I think, on TVA, I think. Yeah, TVA Spar is going to have it. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say CBC is going to even be carrying the semifinals. Okay. If, okay. I, if I'm not mistaken, I really should have checked that. But yeah, it, it will be broadcast for sure, okay. no matter what. Sure. 
Um, also, it was announced just the other day, uh, you know, we mentioned last week talking about the the Alouettes that were voted as our um, uh, as our guys who were being nominated for the CFL awards. Uh, it was also announced uh, that uh, seven Alouettes were nominated to the All-Star team this year, uh, to the Eastern Division All-Star team. Um, and to me, it really is no surprises whatsoever, Cliff. I mean, Eugene Lewis... Jake Winicky, Will Stanbeck, Christian Matt, Landon Rice, David Menard. There's a duh, <laughs> no duh, and yeah. uh, and Money Hunter. Um, so it's yeah. Uh, congratulations to all the guys. I mean, it's I, with all honesty, Cliff. I told you this before the show began. It's actually I think the Alouettes are near the top of the list when it comes to the amount of players. I actually, it's a lot more players than I thought they were going to actually be. Uh, nominated for the uh, for the Eastern All Star team, but uh, congratulations to the guys once again. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were naturally going to get most of the nominations on offense and defense. I mean, obviously they end up with 15 nominations, but for Montreal to be able to put together seven outstanding players like this, seven All Stars, is absolutely incredible. I mean, I mean, so some of the the choices, as you said, they were just like no brainers. I mean, William Stanback right away. Oh, exactly. I mean, how do you not? How do you not nominate him as the, the as the running back for the uh, Eastern All Star team? Yeah. Uh, Gino, TD, Jake. Of course, those are you know that you can't overlook what the, those guys have done all season. And of course, the offensive line is mm-hmm. just outstanding. David Menard, again, he's proven himself as you know the fact that he's been nominated as most outstanding defensive player and most outstanding Canadian. I mean, that just speaks to the work that he's done. And by the way, he's still not a starter. It's I know. It's so weird. I, I mean, he's only started one game this season and he still had such a phenomenal year. I mean, it just it speaks to the talent level that this this guy brings each and every game. Yeah. And Money Hunter, I mean, the guy lives up to his name. He's money. Yeah. Simple as that. I mean, he's, you know, the, the secondary for the Alouettes this year, they haven't been as dominant as I thought they would have been considering the amount of talent that's there. But they made the plays. They, you know, they they put together some exciting football. And Money Hunter has been in there, good, bad, or other. I mean, he is he's been there. I mean, as good leading the team in, in knockdowns, which is pretty incredible. Uh, sacking the quarterback when he needs to. Couple of ints. I mean, like this guy truly has lived up to his name. He is money. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and I think there's only really the only controversy when it comes to the list itself is out west, where supposedly BC had had uh, had more players nominated than than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm, yeah, I'm that's... like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, considering, I mean, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, man, it it they're a good football team. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but they're not outstanding. I I feel. They've got some very talented players, without question, but I, I I can't think of any outstanding plays or players on that team. There's a lot of very good players, but nobody that I truly feel is outstanding. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just a matter of the team itself as a whole is focused on just being a cohesive unit to the point where you can't have uh, you can't afford to have any superstars like one person head and shoulders above anyone else. I don't know if that's necessarily their mindset or not, but to me, I think that's really why you haven't seen so so much. I mean, like I said, like a lot of very good players, but nobody that I really feel is outstanding. Like when I when I think about like name players out there, like yeah, the, 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 there's name players like names that you would recognize immediately, but were those players necessarily all stars and 
I took a look at things and I'm like, no, they were there. They were there. They played good football games, but they were not what I'd consider to be outstanding or what constitutes an all-star. So, I mean, initially you look at it like, how can BC have more all-stars than Saskatchewan? But I really think that's what it came down to is just that, yeah, they got some good players out in BC, uh, out in Saskatchewan, but not nobody that really stands head and shoulders above anyone else. Yeah. Uh, heading into the game this week, and again, as I mentioned to Sean during the interview, is that it's, it's hard to believe how few times that the Alouettes have, have played uh, have played Hamilton in the Eastern semifinal. It's it's mind boggling. But again, as I said before, they've lo- they haven't won in Hamilton since 1996, or haven't beaten sorry haven't beaten Hamilton uh, since 1996. Uh, so in a we're, playoff game. Yeah, in a playoff game. So so we're due. Uh, leading into that, uh, you know, the, the Alouettes released the, uh, on Monday, they released the, I think it's just a walkthrough sca- uh, injury list. They didn't practice Tuesday, and they practiced today uh, on Wednesday as we're taping this show. And it looks like we got, it's just a matter of who the Alouettes are going to activate because, you know, again, we got Mari Alford coming off the sixth game. Um, you know, Cameron's pain is going to be available. Um, I'm just looking at the, at the names here. I mean, it, it's, we seem to be at full speed for the except for the guys who are currently still on the sixth game because Tony Washington for full participation he was out with a calf last week. Standback, you know the ribs that we were mentioning that earlier in the show might uh, just as a precaution. Matt Schultz may I think will be the backup this week. He had full participation. The only one that did not participate was uh, Frederick Plesis. He he, uh, he has an arm issue, uh, and then David Menard ankle. So he was limited. So we'll see when it's the playoffs, dude. <laughs> I don't see what would stop these guys, you know, other well, than it. It, other than a ratio issue from not not wanting to suit up. Well, that's it. And I, I really hope the Elowitz do find a way to get both William Stanback and Cameron Artis Payne into yes. that backfield. Yes. Even if it means you've got to sacrifice somewhere else on the ratio, because yes. I know, like, again, not putting down Jeshwin Entwee, but I think this is a game again. It's winner go home, essentially. So you've got to put your best foot forward, and that essentially means, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I'm, there's nothing there's essential no about it. it. It is. There you go. So I mean, you got to find a way to have both Cameron Artis Payne and William Stanback in the backfield. Like, get those guys, tr- and believe me, that would take so much pressure. I think off of uh, off of Trevor Harris being able to hand off to either one of or both of those guys at any given moment. And if that means you've got to, you know, mix things up ratio wise, then. I say you do it. I, you, you find a way and make it happen because to me, like the, the ground game right now is so important for Montreal. You see what William Stanback does. You saw what Cameron Artis Payne was able to do during his, his limited time uh-huh. in relief of Stanback. Yep. I mean, these are ballers and these guys have to be given the ball. Simple as that. There's got to be a way to get them in there. You know, ratio be damned. Like you got, like got, they got to figure it out. Simple as that. They got to figure I, out a way to get those, those two guys in the backfield. Simple as that. Yep. I mean, you know, like I, I, I trust that this coaching staff will find a way to make it happen because as far as I'm concerned, you got to have all your weapons. You got to have all the horses out there and you got to give it your all like that. You know, like this, this truly is your opportunity. You got to go one and oh this week. Yep. Full I, stop. Full stop. And of course, you know, leading up to this, we again, it's I think it's at a, a time where players will speak their minds and we've seen this done before. And it, it's another time where you and I are left scratching our heads and others who happen to see it on social media. But, uh, yeah, uh, Alowitz seemed to have a player who, which I think has done it before already. No, wait, what was it? What did he say earlier in the year? 
uh, Patrick Levels. Yeah, what did Patrick, about, what uh, Patrick say earlier in the year? It was um, it was it was the, last time was the last time they were in Hamilton. What? No, he said something. It was Toronto. He said something. It was him who said something that we're our team is better than. Oh, it was Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. And now he. He does what he's doing. He's giving, and I've already commented, this is bulletin board material. He guarantees a win. I guess Levels is doing Levels. You know, we love him, but facepalm. You know, <laughs> no, not facepalm. You know why? Because it's it's gamesmanship. It's sport, He's throwing down the gauntlet. And yeah. you know what? He believes himself. He believes in his team. He believes that this team is good enough to compete and go to the Grey Cup. And that's all he's saying. He's saying, like, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready to play. We're going to be ready to win. Simple as that. And I applaud him for that. And, you know, as I said, he's one of the best trash talkers in the league. Yeah. And he can back it up. And that's the scary part is that he can back it up. You know, there's there's times where he, like, some of the plays he's made this year, outstanding. There have been a couple of times where he's taken some unnecessary, unnecessary penalties. It happens, fine. But I think for the most part, like, he wants to prove that he can be a leader on this team. And I think he's done that with his play this year overall. He's been absolutely outstanding in the in the middle for the for the Alouettes as part of that linebacking core. He brings it every single game. I, I per, personally I, I, I thought it was great. I'm like, okay, you know, talk your talk. I love it. You know, but you better be able to bring it. And I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Patrick Levels will bring it on Sunday. And I have a feeling he's going to have that defense cranked up and ready to go. And they're going to bring it on Sunday. And you know the old saying, defense wins championships. Well, I mean, this is a championship caliber defense as far as I'm concerned. I I think they've proven themselves time and time again that they can be the difference maker for the Alouettes. Regardless of what happens on offense, because we know for a while there we had a a very high-powered offense when Vern Vern Abs was behind center. And to a lesser extent, when Matthew Schultz was running things, they were able to put points on the board. Um, still, as I said, we're we're still waiting for Trevor Harris to wake up and realize that you know there's a, a playoff game to be done. You know, there's a there's a playoff march to be made, and who knows? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe really, truly, when the playoff it actually truly is playoff time, maybe he too will flip that switch, and we'll see that Trevor Harris that we saw in 2019 against the Alouettes in the Eastern semifinal for Edmonton. Maybe that guy's going to show up and play on Sunday. I hope so because if that's the case, then yeah, Montreal's going to walk away with this game. Without question, when you think about the defense, you think about the high power offense, when you think about, you know, if Trevor Harris finally comes to form and comes as advertised, if all of those factors fall into place, Hamilton really has their work cut out for them. I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not going to guarantee a win like Patrick did, but I definitely think Montreal has a very good chance of winning this game if they bring everything 100% to Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, everything has to go right for this housing. And, and you know what? It, and if the Alouettes do win, Patrick Levels is going to look like a genius. And if they lose, well, you know, okay, maybe you don't run your mouth so much. But <laughs> you know what? I, I, I've, I've spoken with Patrick a couple of times, and I love his energy. I love what he brings to this team. So I'm not surprised that he made the comments that he did. Uh, he, he called out a few players. He called out uh, Orlando Steinhauer. He pretty much called out everybody in Hamilton. So I love it. It's gamesmanship. It's you know, stoking that fire. And, and that's what we want to see. You want to see your team hype. You want to see your team ready to go. You want to see your team confident above all else. And I, I think we're going to see that on Sunday. I think we're going to see an Alouettes team that's going to be focused, going to be confident. And if they just put their best foot forward, I think they're going to play an outstanding football game. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, set your VCRs. 
hopefully it'll be it'll be it'll be a, a, a show to remember and how the Alouettes uh, uh, advance to the East final would be in Toronto, which would be very very nice to see. So. And one of the things that we, we, we were lucky enough to speak with a couple of players you're walking out of the stadium mm-hmm. this past Friday, and the general consensus was regular season's over. Like, they've already flushed that piss-poor effort from against Ottawa. It's already gone. Like, they're just now focused on the, the, the Grey Cup, and that's the way it's got to be. Simple as that is. The mindset is you got to go 1-0 and this week. Yeah. And just one week at a time, but go 1-0 and this week. And it's true. It sounds cliche, but it's so true. You've got to just, that's the mindset you got to have is we're playing one game this week and only one game and we have to win that game. Then you worry about everything else. Just take care of business on Sunday. That's it. Like that's the impression I got from the, the players that we spoke with. That's their mindset. And I think that's the way it's got to be. Yep. If for you sure. want to have any chance, if you want to have any chance to go into Hamilton's barn where they're going to be hosting the Grey cup this year. And you know, they want to be a part of that as well. Like Hamilton's waited 25 years to, to, to be a part of the Grey Cup discussion. They don't want to screw this up. They're going to, you know, they're going to bring everything they have and do everything they can in order to play in the game that they're hosting. So, you, you know, you're going to get their very best. So now it's just a matter of Montreal has to go in there with their very best and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yep. Should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, hoping for the best because I want this. This uh, I want this. I want the the team to be able to show how good they are. How they actually are, and again, to beat Hamilton in their own place and knock out knock out the uh, the, the the potential uh, home field advantage at at a, at a Grey Cup. So, uh, can't wait, can't wait. Um, also, a quick news too for those who didn't see because we were talking with the players. We actually happened to see uh, 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 VA after the game and. He's had his his arms out of his sling, dude. So that's positive. And he's starting his rehab. So uh, all the best to him during his rehab. Absolutely. I even I said to him, like, listen, you can play on Sunday. Like, you, you just need one hand, to, you know, one <laughs> arm to hand off to stand back. And he laughed. He thought it was great. He's like, well, maybe, maybe, but no, no. no. Listen, he's he. We want one hundred percent VA. And if it's not this year, so be it. But you know, he's going to be there. He's going to be on the sidelines. He is the ultimate hype man. He's going to get everybody cranked up he's going to get everybody ready to go just like patrick levels just like everybody else that you know gets hyped on this defense and on the offense i mean having va as a part of this team even if it's just on the sidelines cheering the guys on that i mean that could make all the difference just knowing that your quarterback has your back your quarterback believes in you and wants you to win and he'll do whatever it takes from his perspective to make sure you are ready to go and to me, I think that's 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 half the battle right there as far as I'm concerned. It's psychological. And I think he's going to ensure that these guys are ready to go 100% when it comes to kickoff on Sunday. Exactly. But we'll be back here, win or lose, to talk about uh, what's happening with the Alouettes. And again, we have a couple of things scheduled for the next uh, couple of shows. So uh, so stay tuned. And again, we're going to have to tease you guys. Head over to our face. Head over to our YouTube page if you can. Just do a search for Alouette's Flight Deck. Give us a like if you haven't already, or follow and subscribe rather. And um, again, are we really gonna have to tease you guys just to get us up to 100, 100 people? To but we may have to. So stay tuned for that. So just just look at our all of our social medias and uh, uh, and also don't forget we'll be putting out the code uh, for uh, for the. Uh, uh, 
Black Friday weekend code. I wanted it to be Black Friday. It's not going to be because it won't fit. So the new code <laughs> is going to be BF, that's Black Friday, BF20. But look look at it on our uh, social and, and it will be, it'll be there for you to see. So uh, Cliff, yeah. enjoy the game. I'm sure I will too. Win or lose, we'll be back here. So for everybody here at Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Gapper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.